Now, we're believing for supernatural healing in the house, and God's going to do something wonderful. God is doing something wonderful. Amen? Amen. Listen, we released our faith this morning for supernatural healing, and you continue to believe for supernatural healing to manifest here. Amen? Amen. 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 Come on. You can't let the kids out shout. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We'd like to thank our online audience for being with us. For those of you who are new to our channel, my name is Andrew Lombardo. I'm the pastor here, and we're at the Mission Church, where we believe God. Amen? Yes. Amen. I was hoping for something better than that. They could hear us actually shout online. Amen? Amen. Yeah, glory to God. Today, I want to talk to us about Israel. I'm going to talk to us about Israel. I want to talk to you today about Israel. I want to talk to you about the importance of Israel in, the, in our time. I want to talk to you about the importance of Israel in prophecy. I want to talk to you about the importance of Israel in end times. I want to talk to you about the importance of not just national Israel, but spiritual Israel. Because there's two, and they parallel each other. National Israel, obviously we know who they are. They're the Jewish nation. Now they live in this little plot of land about the size of New Jersey, and the whole world's against them. Now watch. There's a spiritual Israel, too. And the spiritual Israel is the born-again believer. Amen? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ represents spiritual Israel. And the blessings that were upon national Israel are spiritual blessings upon us, the church, as well. Exactly what God did to the nation of Israel is exactly what God did to the church. Oh, it's powerful. It's powerful. What you need to know that all the same blessings and spiritual promises and all the callings that are on the nation of Israel are on God's church. So today, we're, what Israel does, we do. As Israel goes, we go. You hear me today? It's the truth. All the blessings and promises are for us just as they were for them. I want you to see, turn in your Bible to 1 Chronicles chapter 17 and verses 21 and 22. 1 Chronicles 17, 21, and 22. And I want you to see that without a doubt that God has chosen the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel, this is God's people. That's God's land. I'm going to show it to you. 1 Chronicles 17, verses 21 and 22. And who is like your people Israel? The one nation on the earth whom God went out to redeem for himself as a people. Is that not powerful? You want to know where God stands? God stands with Israel. <laughs> you want to know where the church today should stand? I'm telling you emphatically online that the mission church stands with the nation of Israel. Amen? You should say, man, that's me too. Who is like your people, Israel, the one nation on earth whom God went to redeem for himself as a people, to make for herself a name by great and awesome deeds, by driving out nations from before your people whom you redeemed from Egypt. Verse 22, for you have made your people, Israel, your very own people forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. Oh, someone ought to rejoice. Hallelujah. It is not over for the nation of Israel. It is not. It is not. 
this land is theirs, that territory is theirs, God is their God, and we stand with them. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, the blessing that God promised them this land. And now the Lord said unto Abram, Get out of this country, and from this kindred, and from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. He took them to Canaan land. He took them to the promised land. He said, this land is yours, and I'm going to give it to you. And I will show thee what land shall be yours, and I will make thee a great nation. What kind of nation is the Israelite nation going to be? A great nation. Why is it a great nation? Listen, we're a great church, and Israel's a great nation, not because we're great, but because God chose us, and he's the one who makes us great. Amen? We're great because he's great. There's not one great thing about me, but there's a great God inside of me. Hallelujah. Amen. I am not good, but he is good. Amen. I am not righteous, but he's righteous. Amen. I'm not right, but he's right. And when I don't know the way, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. It's him. I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Verse number 3. I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. Listen, that's the word of the Lord. So as, as the people of God, we should bless Israel. This isn't the time to be quiet. This would be a great time to say, I bless Israel. If you bless Israel, God said, I'll bless you, I'll bless your family, I'll bless your household, I'll rain down upon you, I'll be a great God to you, I'll make your name great, I'll raise you up, I'll do all kinds of great things for you because you bless Israel. Amen. Oh, before it's over, someone's going to shout, hallelujah, glory to God, bless Israel. I like my little corner over here. They're out shouting you, Danny. Don't let them do it. We, the church, represent spiritual Israel. So I showed you where God chose Israel. I'm going to show you where God chose us. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, Israel's great because God chose them. We're great because God chose us. Amen? I'm not a natural-born Israeli, as you can tell. <laughs> and neither are you. Right? But we've been, we've been purchased by God. We've been called by God just like he called them. As sons and daughters, Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You are all sons of God through your faith in Christ Jesus. If you have faith in Christ Jesus, then you are the son of God, just like Abraham was the son of God. If you have faith in the Lord Jesus, then you're God's son, you're God's daughter. Verse 27. As for many of you... As we're baptized into Christ, put on Christ. Have you been baptized in Christ? Have you confessed Him as your Lord and Savior? Have you taken water baptism? Have you lived? Are you now resurrected to newness of life? Are you living for Him? He said, "You are baptized into Christ. You've put on Christ." I don't know about you. I'm baptized in Him, and I put Him on. Amen. 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 And if that's you, that means you're a son and a daughter. Verse 28. There is, listen what God says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. 
There's no difference between us and the natural Israeli. There's no difference between us and Abraham. God says, I don't see you as a Jew and you as a Gentile anymore. That should make you happy, church. Hallelujah, because spiritual Israel has been brought in just like natural Israel has. Verse 29, and if you are Christ's, then you're Abraham's seed and you are an heir according to the promise. If you are in Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. Are you in Christ? Then you're Abraham's seed. Then you become a son of God. And then the same blessings that, that came upon Abraham can now come upon you. I bless Israel. Hallelujah. Abraham was a rich man. He had all kinds of stuff. I bless Israel. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm rich, man. I'm coming out. You should be excited in an economy that's failing because I know the secret. Paul, bless Israel, brother. I bless Israel. You know what God's going to do? Bless me. How? Just like he blessed Abraham. Go read about Abraham. How blessed was Abraham? The Bible says he was rich in gold and silver and cattle and stock and livestock and men servants and maid servants. Abraham was R-I-C-H. <laughs> you should be excited about that. God is not opposed to you being rich. He's opposed to you loving your riches more than him. Okay? So you ought to be rich. Don't worry about the good things in life. Enjoy the good things in life. I've told you, I've ate when my kids were little. We lived on macaroni and cheese and beanie weenies. And it was good at that time. But I'll tell you what, man, I got Omaha steak in the freezer now, Brother Danny. And I'll take Omaha steak over the beanie weenies any day, man. I've been poor and I've been rich and I like the Omaha, man. Hallelujah. My brothers go, man, every year for Christmas you send us Omaha steaks. I said, hint, hint, hint. <laughs> And Galatians 4, 5 through 7, we've been grafted in, we've been bought in. Galatians 4, 5 and 7, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. He redeemed us from under the law that Nick could be adopted into the family of God. You've been adopted into Christ. And because you've been adopted into Christ, you've been adopted into the Israelite family, you are a spiritual Jew. Hallelujah. Adoption of sons, verse 6, because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our, our hearts where we cry out, Abba, Father. Therefore, we are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then we're an heir of God through Christ. God chose Israel. God chose the church. God's the God of the Israelites. And God's our God too. Hallelujah. God Almighty and His Son Jesus Christ and the great Holy Spirit urge us to bless Israel and stand with Israel and pray with Israel and support Israel and be Israel's ally and pray for the peace of Israel and pray the blessing upon Israel. You should pray the blessing of God upon that place. You should say peace within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You need to start praying for Jerusalem. You need to start praying for Israel. Because when you pray for them, you're praying for you too. Amen? Hallelujah. Listen, God fights for Israel. There's a parallel here. God not only fights for Israel, God fights for his church. As God fights for the Israelis, God fights for us too. Amen? 
Egypt persecuted the Jewish people and God killed the firstborn child in every family that did not have the lamb's blood over the door. This is God fighting. Ten plagues blew across the nation and destroyed their entire economy in a week. They lost their cattle. They lost their crops. They lost their water supply. God destroyed their economy just like that. Because God fights for his people. God crushed their military by drowning Pharaoh, the most powerful man, and turning him into fish food. <laughs> I know you hear me today. Of all the ancient civilizations that you have heard of, all the ancient civilizations that have been going on through all these ages, where are they? Where are they? Where are the Babylonians? They're gone. Where are the Persians? Gone. The Greeks? Gone. The Romans? Gone. The lunatic Nazis? Gone. Gone. Buried in the boneyard of history. But where's Israel today? The only ancient civilization that's on the front page of your paper. Glory be to his holy name. God fights for Israel. God fights for the church. Glory be to his holy name. In Exodus 19, 6, the Bible says about Israel and about us. It says, you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words that you should speak to the children of Israel. God says, you're a kingdom of priests in a holy nation, and he turns around, and Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2 and verse number 9, to the church, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. The God of Israel is your God. The God of Israel is my God. And when the enemy attacks me, just like when he attacks Israel, when Satan and his hordes pick a fight with me or you, they pick a fight with the Almighty. With God before me, who can be against me? <laughs> we got to trust that God will fight for us. Just like God defeated Pharaoh, the enemy of the Jews, God defeated our arch enemy Satan and destroying him on the cross. Glory be to his holy name. Oh, see, I'm not trying to get you to shout, but you've heard so much about the cross that you're just deaf to it. We're just numb to it. Do you understand what he did on the cross? That's where Satan was defeated and crushed. That should be the anthem of the church. When we talk about it, you should be going, Hallelujah! You still didn't get it. This is your war cry. Here's the problem with the church. You don't want to fight. I'm encouraging you today as the coach on a sideline. I'm telling you it's the fourth quarter. I'm telling you, we're, Danny, we're less than two minutes in the game, and we need a touchdown, and I need the team to rally and get up and fight. That's what God's saying. I'm saying, come on, church. Listen. This isn't the time to lay down. This is the time to take up arms. And I'm not talking about fighting physically. I'm not talking about getting your sword and your, and your weapons and your, and your arsenal. Come to my house. I got one too, so don't worry about it. If you want to talk about, you know, Second Amendment, I got one too. 
You know, don't worry about all that. If you want bullets, I got them too. My wife and kids think, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> when, if you want to know, I'll tell you, but I won't tell you now. It's time to fight. Romans chapter 9, verses 4 and 5 talk about our adoption into the family. Romans 9, verse number 4. For they are all Israelites, and to them belong God's adoption as a nation. Listen to this listing. For they are all Israelites, and to them belong God's adoption as a nation. The glorious presence of God, His Shekinah glory. With them were the special covenants made. With Israel, the law was given. With Israel, the temple worship was revealed. With Israel, God's own promises were announced. Verse 5, to Israel belongs the patriarchs. And as far as his natural descent was concerned, from Israel came Christ. Hallelujah. Who is exalted and supreme over God. Blessed be his name forever and ever. You know, I'm going to break this verse down for you because you got to go home and look at this verse and break it down for yourselves. I'm going to break it down for us in a few minutes. Because of the Jewish nation and because of what the Jews have done for us, listen to what the Jews brought to the world. Because of the Jewish nation, we have the adoption as sons and daughters. Because of the Jewish nation, Romans says, we have the presence of God and His Shekinah glory. This is why you should bless Israel. Because of the Jews, we have the covenants of Almighty God. Because of the Jews, we have the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. Because of the Jews, we have the temple and the shadow of biblical things to come revealing Jesus Christ. Because of the Jews, we have the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because of the Jews, we have salvation through Jesus. Hallelujah. See, why do we bless Israel? Because Israel is that powerful to your life source and your connection to God. If God didn't choose Israel, you'd still be a lost Gentile. Glory be to his holy name. But through that nation, they brought us almighty God. Listen, without the nation of Israel, there would be no apostles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. There'd be no New Testament Bible. There'd be no patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, there'd be no prophets, there'd be no Jeremiah, no, no Daniel, no Isaiah, there'd be no Old Testament, no Ten Commandments, there'd be no Messiah, there'd be no Savior, there'd be no salvation. I say, thank God for the Jewish nation. They brought all this to us. Why? God chose them. As God chose them to reveal these things to us, God has chosen the New Testament church, Brother Joe, and for us to reveal these things to the nations. Through the church, we reveal the apostles and the New Testament and the patriarchs and the prophets and the Old Testament and the New Testament. Through the church, we give the Ten Commandments. Through the church, we offer salvation through Jesus. If the church is in here, then salvation is in here. Glory to God for His church. Because of the Jewish nation, we have Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He wasn't, he didn't come for you and me, he came for them. Do you know that? 
He did not come for you and me. You were not his first choice. But thank God, he changed his mind. <laughs> and he didn't change his mind for you. He changed his mind to provoke Israel to jealousy. In John chapter 4, verse 22, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And they're having this conversation about mountains and worship and all these things. And in verse 22, Jesus looks at the woman at the well. And he tells her, you worship what you do not know. But we Jews, we know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Jesus said, salvation is of the Jews. If there's no Jewish nation, if there's no land of Israel, then there would have been no Jesus, the Messiah. Glory be to the Jewish nation. I thank God Almighty and I bless Israel. I bless Israel. I bless Israel. You're going to catch it before long, before the sermon's over. I hope everyone stands up and says, I bless Israel. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I bless Israel. I bless them. Okay, Jesus didn't just come to the Jewish nation to save the Jewish nation. He came there to do that. And when they rejected him, Jesus said, I'm going to be a Jew forever. If you've got a problem with the Jewish nation, then you're going to have a big problem with heaven. In, Re in Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, they give the description of Jesus in heaven. And in heaven forever, Jesus will be recognized as his Jewish, in his Jewish heritage. He'll be forever recognized as the lion from the tribe of Judah. <laughs> when you see him in heaven, they're going to say, there he is, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And I saw the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Verse 2. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and loose the seals? Verse 3. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. Verse 4, John said, So I wept much, and there was no one found worthy to open or read the scroll or to look at it. Verse 5, But one of the elders said to me, John, don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose the seven seals. Jesus in heaven will be forever recognized as a Jewish rabbi. Glory be to, glory be to God. Hallelujah to his name forever. I'm telling you, he's a Jew. He's a Jew. That's why I say bless Israel. Bless the Jewish nation. I bless that nation. I believe in that nation. I stand for that nation. They're national Jerusalem, but I'm spiritual Jerusalem. Hallelujah. They haven't met us yet, but they're going to one day. If you realize right now their eyes are blinded to the Messiah, they don't see it. They don't even recognize us. We recognize them. They don't recognize us. The day's coming when those blinders will come off and they'll be recognized and they'll see us. Ephesians chapter 2, verses... Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. God chose Israel. God chose us. 
God fights for Israel. God fights for us. When we bless Israel, he blesses us. All the blessings and promises on Abraham are upon us, the church. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 12. At that time, you were without Christ. Talking about us. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise and having no hope and without God in the world. That's you and me. Jesus did not come for you or me. He came for the Jewish nation. But things change. Glory be to God. Now, in Jesus Christ, you who were sometimes were afar off have been made nigh by the blood of Christ. We were outside, but now we're inside. His blood redeemed us and bought us and chose us and forgave us. Glory be to his holy name. You see, where does all that come from? You need to go home and read Romans chapter 11 and see where God grafted the Gentile into the olive tree. Israel is an olive tree, and God cut the olive tree, and he took us, the Gentile nation, and he grafted us into that tree. <coughs> Listen, Israel, that land, and those Jewish people are the olive tree, and we need the olive tree, and we need their roots, but they need us as branches. And we, the branches, can't say to the olive tree, we don't need you. We can't say to Israel, we don't need you. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ cannot separate itself from the Jewish nation because they need us and we need them. They're our total spiritual heritage. They brought us all these things. That's why we stand with them. You've been grafted in Romans 11, verse 18 and 19. Boast not against the branches, and if you boast... Thou bearest not the root, but the root bears thee. Hallelujah. And thou shalt say, The branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. I was grafted in. I became a spiritual Jew. Glory be to his holy name. I need them, they need me. Now I'm going to say something. Because of the, the presence of the Israelites in that nation living there and they now have Jerusalem as their holy city, the whole world's against them. There has been a rise of anti-Semitism that's going on all over the United States and around the world and I'm going to tell this online and I'm going to tell it to you, it's absolutely wrong and I come against that spirit of anti-Semitism right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I bless Israel. You should say it. I bless Israel. I don't want any anti-Semitism around me. It's wrong on our college campuses. It's wrong in our immigrants. It's wrong when they march on the city streets. And it's wrong in the United States government in Jesus' name. And I've been, I've been thinking about if I should say it or not, but bless God, I'm going to say it. I'm telling you that Republican, uh, that representative, uh, Ayan Omar and Rashid Tlaib, they should be censured and impeached from their seats. They should lose their spots. You speak against Israel and you speak against Jerusalem and you're a senator and a congressman or woman and you want to bring that junk to you, censure them and impeach them today. Get out of our government. I say woe to the spirit of anti-Semitism. Woe to you in the name of Jesus. Deep sorrow, grief, trouble, affliction, and disorder. Woe be to you in Jesus' name.
church, I'm not mad at you. Just so you know, I'm not mad at you. I'm sorry, Paul, I'm yelling. If you're watching online, I'm not mad at you either. But I have an enemy, Satan, and the spirit of anti-Semitism and the spirit of Antichrist that I just bind right now in the name of Jesus. I use spiritual authority against you. And I say, you loose us and let us go. And in the name of Jesus, we bless Israel. We bless Israel in Jesus' name. What you got to see is in order for God's time clock to take place and for all the end time things to take effect and for everything to happen on God's time frame, in the Bible, the Jewish nation has to be in the territory. Not only do the Jews have to be in the territory, they have to have Jerusalem. It's an, it's, an, it's, an, it's an imperative. It's an absolute must. And we need to pray against Satan who's trying to speed up this, this God's time clock ahead of time. And Satan is trying to speed things up because you got, you got Iran, which is Persia, bombing the United States, trying to provoke us to get in this fight. You got to come against the church. And when they fight against us, they fight against God. Come on, let's come against it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak to ancient Persia. We speak to you, Iran, and we say to you, stop bombing the United States and stop provoking. And we command you to be silent. We say, woe to you. Slow your roll. Step back in the name of Jesus. He who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And God's watching what's happening in the territory, and he's watching what happens with the United States. And as long as our government will stand with Israel, God will fight for us. But woe be to our politicians if you ever turn your back on Israel. Don't do it. If our government turns their back on Israel, I won't. If the government decides they're going to do something different, I just might get on a jet plane and go to Tel Aviv myself. I might just go to the land and just say, man, if God's going to be for them, I'm going to be right here when it happens, man. Yeah. Why? I'm not going to be in a nation that don't want. I'm not going to be in a nation where God's going to fight against us. No, sir. No, thank you. God will fight for this Jewish nation. God will fight for her enemies. God will fight for Israel. And Satan's doing everything he can to speed up the process. I've got to hurry. There's all types of prophecies about, I, that's old, that's Israel in today. I want to talk to you about Israel and prophecy. There's all kinds of prophecies about Israel, but I'm going to focus on about 16 of them. Out of these 16 prophecies, 13 have already come to pass. 13 of these prophecies have already been fulfilled. So when you hold your Bible up and the Bible makes predictions, 16 predictions, 16 prophecies about Israel, and 13 of them have happened, that means the Bible is 81% per, accurate. You can't tell me that our God's not watching and in orchestrating things and in charge of things when he's 81% accurate. <laughs> I'm telling you, get, get ready. See, the Bible prophesied that Israel would go into slavery in Egypt, and it happened in Genesis 15. The Bible prophesied that they would come out from Egypt with the wealth of the Egyptians, and it happened. It was prophesied in Genesis 15. God promised the Canaan land to Israel, and they got the Canaan land. They went there. It was promised to them in Genesis chapter number 12. 
it was prophesied that Israel would turn in idolatry from God and they'll worship other gods. And you know what? They did. It was prophesied that the temple in Jerusalem would be established. And it was. It was prophesied that the Babylonians would come and destroy it. And they did. It was prophesied again by Jesus that Herod's temple would be destroyed. And in 70 AD, the Romans came in and toppled every stone upon another, just like Jesus said. It was prophesied by the Old Testament prophets that the Jews would be scattered from Israel and would live all over the world and they'd live in exile for years and years and years. And it happened. It was prophesied that, there was, that the Jewish nation would be persecuted by the Gentiles, and they were. It was prophesied that the Jews would regather and take back Israel and Jerusalem. It was prophesied. The difference with this prophecy is it happened in our lifetime. Oh, my goodness. Someone should realize what I just said. These other prophecies were thousands of years ago, and you can think, okay, but this one happened in 1948. This is big. This is a big one. Jeremiah 30 and verse 3, I will bring them back from captivity and possess the land. Isaiah 11, verse 11 and 12, I will regather and never be scattered again. Isaiah 68 and 8, a nation shall be birthed in a day. The reestablishment of the Jewish nation happened on May the 14th, 1948. That means Israel today is 75 years old. How many of you are 75 years old in this room? Anybody? Okay, just look. I want you to see. The Bible says about this generation. So you always want to know what the generation is. The Bible says... When you see this happen, this is the generation. Israel's 75 years old. You better get ready. You better get ready. Jesus is painting a picture now because the Jews are in Israel. The Jews are in Jerusalem. Now I'm really going to blow your mind. You know why Donald, President Donald Trump was so blessed by God for what he did he made Jerusalem the capital you want to know why he was so blessed you may not like his mouth and you may not like the orange man in his crazy hair but I'm telling you the man stood with God he stood with Israel he stood with Jerusalem and God says if you bless me I'll bless you glory be to his holy name Everyone says, I want Donald Trump back. I want Donald Trump back. I want a president to stand up and stand with Israel and stand with Jerusalem and bless it. And this country will turn around, baby. Because God will stand with us. Glory be to his holy name. Three prophecies that are left. If you're watching today and you don't know what's going to happen next, it's called the rapture of the church. You can read about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Hollywood will lie to you and TV will lie to you and modern day things will lie to you because they all want to talk about aliens are going to come and take us crazy Christians away. 
the mothership is coming. <laughs> Aliens are coming. This is what they're going to tell you. I'm here to tell you that everything that has to deal with an alien or strange appearances in the sky, or if they tell you that the mothership came and took us away, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. The next thing that's going to happen on God's time clock is that we, the church, will be raptured out. I don't want you to be ignorant about this, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. At least you should sorrow as those who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even God so will bring us with those who fell asleep in Jesus. And this we say by the word of the Lord. We who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede them that are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is the next prophetic thing on God's clock. I'm telling you online, I'm telling you church, as the shepherd and overseer of your soul, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming for his church. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Just as it was in the days of Noah, it's going to be today. I stand as a righteous prophet, Noah, and I'm telling you, he's coming. When? In this generation. Get ready. Repent of your sins today and place your saving faith in Jesus Christ today. You've had 75 years to prepare. The time is growing short. After the rapture, things are going to get real dicey. The tribulation will come. You can see it formulating right now. You can see there's going to be great war against Israel with Gog and Magog. And these kings will come against these nations, will come against Israel, and they'll form a war. Russia, China, uh, Iran, which is Persia, and they'll merge on Israel to crush Israel. There'll be a great tribulation where the Bible says it'll be the worst time ever on the earth. And Jesus said, you know, there's a tribulation and there's a great tribulation. And Jesus said, if these days hadn't been shortened, nobody would survive. That's how bad it's going to be. We know that there'll be a seven-year peace accord. And at three and a half years, they'll break the peace accord. There'll be the rise of the Antichrist. After the rising of the Antichrist, there'll be great economic collapse and worldwide famine. And the only way you can do anything is to take the mark of the beast in your right hand or on your forehead. And if you do that, that's you've turned your back on God. You've turned your back on Israel. And the Bible says there's no hope for you. But if you're alive and you miss the rapture and you're alive during this time frame, the Bible says you can be saved. But you know what you have to do? Accept Jesus, but it'll cost you your life. There'll be World War III. And in Zechariah 12, 10 will happen. Jesus will come back with us, the glorious church. The eastern sky will part, and Jesus will come back on the white horse on a black velvet sky. He'll be riding with all of us on white stallions, and he's going to show up in Jerusalem. He's going to show up on the Mount of Olives. And when the Jewish nation sees him, you know what they're going to do? The scales are going to fall from their eyes. 
and 144,000 Jews are going to say, He is King. He is Messiah. He's going to step out on the Mount of Olives. And He's going to stop the war and He's going to be King forever. When will these things happen? Ezekiel 38 says, In the latter years, at the end of the dispensation of grace. When will these things happen? Daniel says, when you see, in Daniel chapter 12 and verse number 4, when knowledge is greatly increased on the earth, that's when these things will happen. That's why I keep telling you this generation, this generation. Why? Look at what's happened in the 1900s. Other than any other century, now we're even past the 1900s, we're even further on into the new millennium. From the gates of Eden until, until the 1900s, transportation was the same. Horses, donkeys, camels, and wagons. <laughs> Not much changed. But in the 1900s came what? Cars, airplanes, jet planes, an explosion of knowledge. What happened with medicine? Medicine was about the same all the way up until then. But look at the increase of medicine we have today as the, to, compared to the rest of the time. We have such an increased amount of medicine over the past hundreds of years that we've redefined death because we can keep people alive with medicines and stimulants. There's been an explosion of knowledge. Look at communication. I mean, we went from nothing, from a, from a person riding a horse carrying a note. <laughs> Paul Revere, take this over there and, and give it to him, to a telegram, to a telegraph, to a telephone, to a television, to a smartphone, to a cell phone. Knowledge has exploded in this generation. When will these things come to pass? When you see this stuff happen. Jesus is screaming, I'm coming. I'm coming. When am I coming? When you see the Jews go home to Jerusalem. It happened in 1948. Jesus is screaming, I'm coming. I'm coming for my church. When is he coming? In the latter days when Jerusalem is reconnected to Israel and it happened in 1967. Did you hear that prophecy? It happened in 1967. Who was alive in 1967? Think about it. You were alive in 1967? Just think about it. In your lifetime, this prophetic word came to pass on God's time clock. He said, when you see this happen, you better get ready because I'm coming. Jesus is screaming, I'm coming. I'm coming. There's going to be signs in the heavens. Signs in the heavens. We've had three blood moons since then. The blood moons are signs in the heavens that Jesus is saying, I'm coming. Get right. I'm coming. He's screaming, I'm coming. In the latter years, the Bible says that God's going to put the hook in the mouth of Russia and going to drag him into the Middle East. In the history of Russia, they've never been involved in the Middle Eastern affairs as a nation. Say it with me. Ever. Never. On September 11th, 2015, Russia showed up and began to help Syria fight their own civil war. And they showed up in the Middle East, and God hooked them in their jaw and brought them right on the scene. And they came. 2015, this prophetic word happened right in front of us. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. 
Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I'm telling you, the next thing you're going to hear, the next thing I'm going to hear on God's prophetic time clock is the trump of God. And when the, you hear the trump of God, I'm telling you, you better pray up, pack up, look up, because we're going up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you see these kings coming, Jesus said, lift up your heads and rejoice for your redemption draws nigh. Give him praise and glory in this house in Jesus' name. You're watching online today and you're sitting in this room. How many of you in this room can say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. Pastor, I, I don't know if I'm ready. I want to be ready. I, I don't want to miss this. You're here today and you say, man, I've never made preparations for this. And I need to prepare for this moment. And I'd like to do that today. I want to make sure that I'm right so that when these things happen, I don't miss it. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand. You're just acknowledging before God, I need, I need to know, God. I want to make sure that I don't miss this thing. I want to make sure that I'm right. If you're watching online, you can pray this prayer. I encourage you watching online today to pray this prayer and to, and to ask to make preparations for this time. Don't neglect this moment. God's listening to us right here. When you pray this prayer, God's recording it right now. Now I'm going to pray a prayer that I'd like everyone to repeat after me in the whole room. This is a safe room. This is a safe place. And I'd like for all of us to be safe. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather pray a prayer and be safe and know that I've, I did it? And See, because religion will keep you out. You might say, well, you don't sound very Southern Baptist, brother. I don't know if I can pray your prayer. You better swallow that Southern Baptist garbage and just go to Jesus. And it doesn't matter who you are. I love all my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I don't care what denominational badge you wear if you confess Jesus is Lord then you're my brother you're my sister and I love you and I care about you and if you've never done that I don't care if you're Methodist or Lutheran or Catholic or Presbyterian or Episcopalian none of that means anything in the eyes of God what matters is that you give your heart and your life to Jesus and you accept Jesus as the sinless sacrifice the son of God and if he'll do that, he'll save you and redeem you and you'll be his son and daughter. And you can go to heaven and be a Catholic. You can go to heaven and be an assembly of God. You can go to heaven and be whatever denominational thing you want to be. But the denominational thing doesn't get you there. Jesus gets you there. Jesus gets you there. Trust in Jesus. I'm going to ask everybody here to pray with me. Let's be safe. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, all my unrighteousness. I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. 
so that I will be ready when Jesus comes. Father, I ask you to redeem my family and send people to them, even me, so that they too will repent of their sin and pray this safe prayer and not miss heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Once you stand to your feet, we have an invitational song called Come to the Altar. I'm going to invite you, if this is you, come to the altar. I'm going to invite everyone in this room to just come to the altar. Just come. Come to the altar and say, I repented of my sins. I've placed my faith in Jesus. I come to the altar. And if you need special prayer this morning, we'll be here to pray for you. Come to the altar. For those watching online, thank you for joining us. We hope and pray that you've given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Reach out to us. Go to our website at themission28.org. Send me an email. Reach out to us so we can rejoice with your decision for Jesus Christ. We'll see you on Tuesday night. Lord bless you. This invitation's for you.